Katie. And I'm Steve. And this is the City of Reading podcast. Welcome to a Reading City Council update. For full details on each of the items covered or to watch a meeting online, visit cityofreading.org or find the links in the episode show notes. For any questions, suggestions, or comments, please email podcast at cityofreading.org. Hello, everybody. I'm Chuck Auckland, uh, the city's director of public works. And today I'm going to give you an overview of the council meeting from November 7th. The meeting started out a little bit differently than most in terms of we usually have a a presentation or two at the beginning, but there was not uh, those today. So we went right into uh, public comment after the Pledge of Allegiance. Got a few comments about a few items in that sense. But from there, they moved on to what's called the consent calendar. So these are routine staff reports that aren't openly debated on the regular calendar. And so they're relatively routine and don't need a lot of deliberation. A lot of financial reports and other things like that. I would like to highlight, though, a few things that were on there that might be of note to to some folks out there. Particularly for the uh, community services department, uh, they are applying for a couple of different grants to try to save some money and get some programs for for the youth. One was a grant application to the boating access program for the sport fish restoration grant program at the state. That's actually a grant that they received some money for in the past that pays for operation and maintenance of some of our boating facilities, uh, some of the boat ramps like the Reginato boat ramp and others through town. The community service department in particular, that area is funded through the general fund. And so uh, these uh, funds provide uh, additional funding that would uh, save some general funds there, um, about $700,000 worth, I believe. The second one is another grant application for a pretty cool program from the Outdoor Equity Grant Program through the State Department of Parks and Recreation. And what that for is to get about $700,000 to do a program that teaches youth in the area about the Sacramento River and its impact on the Pacific Ocean and tries to teach folks, younger folks, to be good stewards of our environment and the resources that the river produces. That is a program that will be led through our recreation department and eventually culminates actually in a trip down to the Bay Area to talk about the biology and the stewardship of the river and its conservation efforts. And so looking for uh, an equity grant that would uh, provide funding for uh, low-income youth that uh, wouldn't ordinarily have access to to those types of programs. So pretty cool program there. My department, the Public Works Department, had a few items on the consent calendar. Nothing of real particular interest other than one is for some construction management services for the old Alturas Road over Churn Creek Bridge Project. So that's a project we've had in design for quite a while. We want to replace the bridge that's over Churn Creek there along Old Alturas Road, just east of Victor Avenue. Pretty good project. Looking forward to getting that one out. And because of the, it's a pretty large project and our engineering department has a pretty big program already that we didn't really have the in-house resources to manage the inspection on that project and construction management. We look to put out a request for proposal for consultant services to help us with that project and and doing those services. Ultimately, through a process, a public process of requesting proposals, submitting and review, we're selecting GHD to be our consultant managers on that job. It should start uh, sometime in the late winter, early spring. Maybe seeing some activity out there, but that will be a good resource. We'll have uh, a lane in each direction. We'll have sidewalks and bike lanes that'll go across there and Provide a new bridge for that area that's that's pretty well needed. 
Also have a couple of sole source purchases of some equipment that we need to match some equipment with our water and wastewater utility and some of the pumping equipment that we have going on there. And then so the consent calendar was approved to 5.0 by the council. We then moved on to the public hearing portion of the council meeting. And actually, I had one of the bigger items of the night, and that was a public hearing to adopt some resolutions to modify the rates for our water, wastewater, and solid waste utilities. Never fun and something that we don't want to do, the council doesn't want to do, and certainly folks that are paying these rates don't want to happen. But we've got some pretty significant needs, infrastructure needs in our utilities, the water, wastewater in particular. And in solid waste, we have some significant regulatory hurdles that we have to get through. There's really three fundamental reasons why uh, we need to have some increases uh, to pay for the cost of services. Uh, One is the significant inflationary pressure that's going on. I'm sure all of the you have felt it in terms of fuel prices and food prices and and goods and services. We have the same thing on our utilities, only a kind of a magnified scale. We've got chemical prices uh, that have gone significantly up. Fuel prices almost doubled in some of our budgets, getting parts equipment, vehicles, the cost and the delay in getting new vehicles is really out to some of our planning levels and the need to get those uh, in place so that we can continue to operate. For example, a garbage truck uh, may have been just maybe three years ago, um, about $350,000 a piece to replace. They're now pretty close to $500,000 just in three years. And so the the increases there have, have put a lot of pressure on the system and uh, ability to recover the costs that operate. Uh, The second major reason is the aging infrastructure that we have out in the system, particularly on the water and wastewater side. We have pipes uh, that have been in the ground for 70, 80, 85 years that are beginning to, to fail pretty significantly. And when those do, we have incredible disruptions in service, costs to repair those. We have claims from utilities. We often can violate uh, water quality impacts, particularly on the sewer side if we have sewer backups or overflows uh, that can get into the river and that uh, we can be fined pretty heavily on that. And we have a, a huge backlog of pipe infrastructure that needs to be replaced and is coming due. And it really has been deferred uh, several times uh, down the road and, and by previous decisions. And it's it's just time to to pay that. And we have to do that to, to really prevent some of the future rate shock. We've got over $225 million worth of capital improvements just in the, the two utilities there over the next five years. And a lot of that is replacement of that aging infrastructure. Uh, a pump station, just one pump station, our main water pump station down off the river trail, pump house one that supplies probably two thirds of the water supply to the city. That's a $40 million project to uh, refurbish and replace that. The pump station was uh, put in service in 1937 um, in nearly 80 over 80 years ago. And, and it is a, a single point of failure that, uh, that we really ha- have to get, get moving to, to get it replaced. And the longer you defer it, the, the more expensive it is. And we first looked at replacing this probably a decade ago or more. And it was in the 18, $19 million range, but because of time and inflation and other pressures, uh, it's, it's up into the $40 million range. Uh, we just haven't had the funding to be able to replace that. So we're finally setting up to do that. One of our issues here in in this town is that we are very spread out with low density, um, about 60 square miles compared to Chico that's got about 32. So half the area means they have that much fewer miles of pipelines, uh, that much fewer 
miles of roadways, uh, a smaller service area for fire and police, fewer parks to maintain, and all with about the same population. So the residents to fund those activities are funding less infrastructure to maintain, and it puts a lot of pressure on the system. But the bigger piece too, particularly on the solid waste side, is some of the regulatory requirements that that the state has um, placed upon us. One in particular, SB 1383, has to do with organic recycling, organic material, and putting either green material, leaves, other things like that. Can't put that in the landfill anymore. And now they've ratcheted that up and we can't put food waste into the landfill anymore or what we call biosolids, which is one of our wastewater treatment processes. We can't put that in the landfill anymore. And that's really under the guise of uh, organic material when it's in buried in the landfill, uh, produces greenhouse gases, methane uh, in particular, and that uh, is impacting uh, climate change. And so the state has... Uh, has barred that from going into landfill. So we have to find other ways to deal with that material. And so what we're doing is we're increasing our composting activities, uh, the residential waste and food waste and commercial food waste is going to be going into our compost operation. We also you know, don't have a big enough, so we have to haul some off-site. And then on the biosolids, I mentioned the wastewater utility, uh, they're having to invest millions of dollars in new treatment processes that actually pretty cool process that that really superheats those uh, that material and processes it down to what's left is just something called biochar, essentially a dry carbon product that can be used as paint dyes or soil amendments and not have to go into a landfill. And having new routes to pick up food waste and new equipment and materials, those are all brand new costs that uh, we're trying to take care of. So all in all, the council considered a pretty long process to get to this point. We developed over the last couple of years updates to all the master plans for water and wastewater, a facilities plan for solid waste. Uh, we hired a consultant to look at what's all of our financial um, information to, to validate it, audit it, and do what's called a cost of service study to, to see where all those costs are going um, in terms of whether it's residential or commercial or industrial or uh, what type of recovery systems we have in the solid waste department and, and breaks all those down. You look at where rates should be based on the programs that we are wanting to get done here in the future, like the capital uh, replacement programs and, and others and having it grow because of the, the solid waste activities and collecting food waste and others. And they did a study. We also formed an advisory group of six uh, citizens that we spent you know, well over 20, 25 hours uh, going over the utility systems how we charge, how we operate, how efficient our systems are, and give us input as to where rates can and should be. And then we ultimately went to the council for a pretty pretty good uh, discussion on September 5th. Protest ballots were mailed out to the public. And so the way these work is that uh, anybody who has a connection or that has that pays these rates, whether it's a property owner or a tenant, which is actually beyond state law requirement, gets a notice of this rate increase and has a chance to protest that. So we sent 52,000 ballots uh, out to all the citizenry. And then if more than 50% of those folks send back uh, saying that they don't want these rate increases, then the council's hands are tied, can't do anything. And that impacts uh, the utilities and that we have to look at uh, reducing services, reducing capital uh, expenditures, uh, potentially laying folks off and trying to work within the funding that we have available now. And, and still maintaining a uh, reserve so we can uh, have uh, our bond rating and insurance ratings. But if the number of, of protest notices that come back are less than 50%, then the council can choose to act. So whether they go with the, the staff's proposal, 
for a four-year program or do something different is is up to the council at that point. And all in all, after much deliberation and talk about some lower income folks and, and really trying to trying to look at where these costs are relative to where they've been in the past. We've been trying to, you know, we showed them a graph of what the combined utility rates for all three were in 2015 to compare to today and what the percentage of median household income, those rates would equal actually low income, 80% of median. And in 2015, we were, you know, just above 3%. And today we're down at 2.69%. And and with these rates, we still don't get up above 3%. So we're pacing with inflation. It still hurts to folks, particularly those on, on fixed income. So all in all, for all three utility bills, we're looking at moving from an average of about $150 a month to, to about $167 a month. So although folks can um, reduce that impact by switching from their uh, garbage carts from a 96 gallon to a 64, you wouldn't actually see any increase in rate uh, if you were to do that um, from today. You can also use the water rates are based on consumption. Uh, so if you use less water, conserve more, you can temper your your monthly costs in that sense. And so those are some ways that you can try to temper uh, some of the associated costs that are going on with them. As I mentioned, after much deliberation, uh, the council ultimately approved the proposal. So implemented uh, three uh, resolutions that put new rates into place, um, effective uh, January 1st of 2024. So you'll see those on your bills in February billing. That's what they did there. And then another thing they considered was a lease extension for the Rodeo, Reading Rodeo Association. The property that they're currently on over by Turtle Bay and the Sundown Bridge is, is actually owned by the city. They have have uh, a number of leases and, and long-term leases uh, that those are coming due soon. So they've extended proposing to extend those leases for three years while a significant planning process is happening for the riverfront specific plan to look at what the community wants that area to be ultimately in the future. And after a lot of deliberation, there was some talk of actually going longer than the three years, but uh, ultimately the council decided on a 3-2 vote to to stick with the three-year extension, give the community time to deliberate on what the riverfront and Turtle Bay and convention center area should and, and could look like. And then council will weigh in on that and ultimately make a decision. So ultimately they, they voted for the uh, three-year extension and move forward from there. The next item up was looking at some actually uh, some funding programs from the state to uh, the housing and homelessness incentive program funding. So this is a new funding to at least the city that's taken over some county programs to look at homelessness curbing efforts, uh, whether it's shelters or cleanups or other things like that. So there's, I think, a three and a half million dollars was looked at to be allocated for folks in the citizenry that had projects that they would like to get funded out of out of this money. And so the uh, staff in the housing department uh, put out a RFP for proposed projects that uh, meet the criteria for uh, programs to, to curb homelessness. And they also formed a committee of some local advocates and citizens that, that meet with and deal with a lot of homeless issues in this community. And so they put a request for proposals for projects. They received, I think, 13 or 12 or 13 of them. And uh, Ultimately, we're going to fund about nine or 10 of those projects for that initial three and a half million dollars, which actually can grow, I believe, by another three and a half million if you set targets and meet goals for this initial 
funding around. However, when when that staff report was presented uh, by the housing department, some of the folks on the council were concerned that that some of the money that was going to be allocated or were not necessarily in alignment with some of the goals that are being looked at on a more countywide and regional basis. Uh, so there is a committee that has been put together of local elected officials from four different jurisdictions, the county, the city of Reading, Anderson and Shasta Lake, to look at how we can work together to solve some homelessness issues and consolidate funding and and look at programs that align. And so that effort is being undertaken right now and not complete. So those priorities have not been set. And so there was some concern that uh, we might be spending money that's not in alignment with with that. And so there was quite a bit of debate amongst the council on where we should go there. And ultimately what they decided was that that they would pull out three, I believe, of the programs, three of the 10 programs that they were intending to fund out and provide those funds now and re-engage the proposal process at a later date once the priorities are set by the leadership of the multi-jurisdiction committee to, to take a look at some of these homelessness issues. So you can get more information on that watching the video there. And then next up was our electric utility director was presenting their 2024 integrated resource plan. That was a planning process that's required by regulation and really outlines the the power and where they get their power sources, anticipating loads and where that will go into the future. There's a lot of good information presented by Nick Zettel that his staff put together about where we get our power, how it's divvied up and whether it's green power or not, and whether we're meeting state regulations and how we can do that in terms of the portfolio of, of, of where the power that is used to, comes from in our community. And, and so that report was pretty interesting, actually. And again, welcome to, to take a look at the video and or read the staff report that, so the last item on the, on the council's item was a update of a successor, what we call memorandum of understanding and salary uh, survey for one of the unions, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the electric section of that renegotiated the their union agreement with the city and have come to final conclusion. And so this was an item that was to ratify and approve the, the new schedule of wage rates and uh, new items in the MOU and what were changed. So the council deliberated that and ultimately approved the, the adjustments to the MOU and the salary rate schedules. We have some folks in public works that uh, work in that area that do our traffic signal maintenance and also a lot of our pump station and equipment maintenance at the treatment plants and, and, and pump stations out in the system. And the other, are a bulk of them are in the electric utility, linemen, and other groups that do a lot of repair and maintenance and new installation of electrical facilities out in the distribution system. So that was council for the meeting on November 7th. You can tune into City of Reading, find that meeting and read the staff reports and or watch the video if you need more information. Other than that, enjoy and have a great day. Thank you.